This book belongs to somebody. Uh, but I'm glad that uh, Alan brought it to me because it's part of my illustration. You see these lines? Um, this, this method was come up with long, 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 long time ago. And uh, those lines are there for a purpose. Why do you think those lines are there? So you'll go on a straight line and you won't go over the top or under the bottom line. All right? And this is the preparatory uh, page for you to write on a page with no lines. And I can't write on a page with no lines. I can't write straight. My wife can. Uh, what's that got to do with my sermon? A lot. I want to just, some thoughts that came to me during worship time. Uh, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was set before him? What was set before him that he saw that gave him joy? Uh, I think sometimes we think God is very negative about his church or his people. But in Isaiah chapter 53, I just want to read this verse to kind of just set the stage a little bit but where we're going. In verse 10, it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. When you shall make his offering, his soul an offering for sin, he would see his seed. That was his joy. You are his joy. Uh, I was reading in Hebrews chapter 12, you have not come to this mountain of fear, but you've come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God, and, and describes it. And it says, to innumerable company of angels. And in the Amplified, they pick up on the nuance, and it says, you've come to innumerable uh, company of angels that are celebrating. Heaven is not sad. It's not like sad, sad, sitting on, a, sitting on a sack of stones. There's joy in heaven. Amen? And you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, where the angels are celebrating. I don't know why I have to say this, but it just came to me during worship time. But here's a question that I ask. What do you see? What joy is set before you? What you see influences your life. What you see alters your life. What you see monitors your life. What you see actually becomes part of what you become. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, and Paul was praying for the Ephesian church that they would know the hope of their calling. And the word know there is the word, Greek word edo, which means to see. In, in Latin, it means video. That you may have a video of the hope of your calling. 
What do you see in your calling? What are we supposed to see in our calling? What are we supposed to see, period? What is the vision of our life? What do we set our heart to achieve? What do we set our life to accomplish? What goal is it in your heart? How many of you experienced an imposition of the Holy Spirit upon your life? You've experienced God imposing, the Holy Spirit imposing himself on you. Only three of you? Here's a, here's a vision you can think about and read about and actually study about for your personal life. We're talking about functioning in the supernatural. And I think David explained that good enough. I don't have to go through it again. And there's really nothing to correct. Do <laughs> you know why? He was led by the Spirit. Uh, but what do you see your life to be? What does God see your life to be? How does he see you? What, do he, what does he expect from you? What he sees is what he expects. So then the next question is, what has he said about you? Do you think God has said anything about your life? So, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, follow me. Follow me. To function in the supernatural, you have to follow somebody. And Jesus invited his disciples to follow him and that he would make them fishers of men. And I think sometimes we think Christianity is just a life that I live until I get to heaven. But Christianity is more than that. Christianity is actually following Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, that means somebody is a leader. Somebody set the pace. Somebody is the model. And his name is Jesus. And if we want to function in the supernatural, the greatest thing we can ever do is allow the Holy Spirit to lead us because he will lead us into all truth. And the truth is what Jesus said. That is set before you to see. To see your future is to see what he said. The imposition of the Holy Spirit upon a life is not just a baptism of feel good. It's actually an imposition. And if we look, we're going to look at the model and what it did to Jesus, our model, um, everywhere the Holy Spirit went, Jesus went. Jesus did not go and the Holy Spirit came with him. When he was driven or led into the, holy, into the wilderness, it meant the Holy Spirit took him along. If you study the Greek, that's what it comes to. So wherever the Holy Spirit went is where Jesus went. 
and he was led into the wilderness. So, the supernatural, although it is lived in this natural world, it's not of this world. Because Jesus says, let his kingdom come on earth like it is in heaven. Let the king's rule and reign that is in heaven come here. That is part of God's vision for your life. We are called to walk in the supernatural while living in the natural. Supernatural means that which is above the natural. The natural is the natural, but the supernatural, uh, Jesus was a natural man, but the supernatural superimposed the supernatural on the natural. Have you ever seen anybody in, with the Holy Spirit superimposed on them? Any of you want to experience it? Come here. Oh, gosh. That's why people don't put up their hands, because I actually... <laughs> but if they don't, I just call somebody out. Now... I, I'm just, I'm not trying to be dramatic or anything, but there is a kingdom reality that is not of this world. And it's a supernatural reality that superimposes heaven upon us. How are you doing? What's in your heart to receive? Power? Healing? Okay. Just receive it. Let the Holy Spirit impose himself on you. He'll do it right now. He's, he's going to do it. See, it's not a myth. It's a spiritual reality that we can see. We are to see the hope of our calling. Then after that, he talks about the power that raised Christ from the dead. That is constantly coming toward us. The preposition is the power that's constantly coming toward us, toward us, toward us. See, now the Holy Spirit's imposing himself. If you open up your life to him, he will impose himself on you. If you have a passion to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and power, He will impose Himself on you. And your life will never, ever be the same. Ever. Amen. Amen. Monique. God wants to release you in evangelism and a dynamic that is beyond your own ability. Just come right here. Where's Olivia? We just release Monique, Father, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we just take, we just want you to impose yourself on her mind and her will and her emotions and her whole body in Jesus' name and let it flow. We know... 
How many of you read stories in the Old Testament? Did you ever, did you ever see in the Old Testament the manifest covenant of God? If you never see the manifest covenant of God, your God is dead. God's not dead. He's alive. Forevermore. And I, and I think God wants you, He wants me, He wants us to allow the Holy Spirit to impose Himself on That's His will for you. Let the Holy Spirit impose himself on you because he will give you power. Not just power, but resurrection power. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, I believe it is. The dunamis power. And so, what I find interesting is that Jesus went where the Holy Spirit went. Because it said he was led by the Spirit. Do you ever have a leader follow you? Usually you follow. But Paul made this statement. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. So who was Paul's model? Yeah. What did he achieve? And, and I think that's an awesome call for every believer. It's a simple call to every believer. I don't need ordination papers. I just need ordination power. How are you doing? Did he impose himself on you? Okay. How are you feeling? Um, I like happy. <laughs> Peaceful? Yeah. <laughs> no anxiety? No. Yeah. Now take it to the world. Okay. <laughs> Amen. How are you doing, sis? Good. You look a little drunk. <laughs> See, you're seeing the river. You are, you, are, you are now just seeing the river. See, we, we talk about the river, but you have to see the river. Amen? When you, when you come up to the river, what do you expect? You need to expect... Uh, Something. That's right. You can expect salvation. The river's up to your ankles, your soul. Uh, you can expect to move in prayer when the river's up to your knees. You can expect to surrender your strength when it's up to your loins. But when it's up to over your head, you surrender totally. And it includes the salvation, the prayer, the strength. And the river takes you where it's going. The river's always flowing to the supernatural. The river's always flowing to the supernatural. The river is never subject to the natural. The natural is subject to the river. I don't know why I'm saying all this. It wasn't in my sermon. My sermon. Do you, do you think God has vision? Yeah. 
or is he blind? If God has vision, what does he see about you? Does he see you just as a pew armor? A nominal Christian? A passive Christian? There is no passivity in God. He is active. He is alive. And he is at work 24-7. And I love joining him in what he's doing. Uh, Brother Wynn, last Sunday, the Lord showed me a vision of you. Could you and your wife come up here? Uh, Your heart has been so... uh, Touched by the blood of Christ, I just saw your heart just totally covered in the blood of Christ. And uh, what came to me was this. Where you're going, God is going to release from your lips and your lives a revelation of the power of the blood of Christ into the hearts of people. I just see it. I, I just see it. And things as you, and I would encourage you to study this. Study the blood in the Bible. Because it has something to do with what's in your heart and what God called you to do. Uh, the effectiveness of the blood, the power of the blood, the, the, um, the covenant is sealed by the blood and all those things, right? And Father, I just, I just want to commend this grace. power in Jesus name father a revelation Lord you put in his heart for a school I, I just I just declare this school to be a, a school of the supernatural not the natural the supernatural the power the blood the covenant and those father you've prepared the hearts that are going to come right now in Jesus name and we thank you for the work that this is going to accomplish Father, we just lift these hands up to you. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord. And we just stand with them. We affirm it. We declare it. And we see it. Can you see it, brother? Can you see it? What do you see? Tell me, what do you see? People, people going out and ministering all over the world. Hallelujah. Blessings to you. Hallelujah. What did God say to Moses? This is a verse that comes to me. What did God say to Moses? Moses, well, I can't do anything. I can't talk. What am I going to do? He says, what have you got in your hand? Oh, a stick. Throw it onto the ground. So he, and it turned into a serpent. Not just a serpent. A powerful serpent that actually consumed the enemy serpent. Just out of his hand. A stick. (laughs) Talk about the supernatural. Manifesting in the natural. A stick. He He changes a stick into a snake to prove a point. 
I am the God of the supernatural, and there is no snake that's bigger than I am, nor more powerful than I am. God wants to touch your heart with such a deep revelation of his power and his ability. And it can only come through the power of the Holy Spirit and the word. There is no other way. We are not a group of people that just gather to have a great time. We love to do that. But we're more than that. We are more than that. We are sons of God. And I'm talking about all of you. Sonship in God is not a gender. It's a position. And when Ephesians talks about being adopted, when you read that word in the Greek, it means to be set in as a son. That's how he sees us. He sees us as sonship to inherit the inheritance. The promises. The hearts of people. I really appreciated last Sunday, Pastor David, that you didn't call the prayer team up. The ministry team. Well, yeah, right. Bengal, he's correcting me now. Yeah, right. Do you know why? Because I believe you need to do it. And you did it. And that, there have been miracles since last Sunday. Amen. Just like that. Because you were obedient. Does that make him any special than anybody else? No. Mm. You know, I, I just don't know what to say. Then what are you saying? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is this. There is a supernatural kingdom that we live in that has a manifestation that's to come to this earth. Amen? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are living in his reign. We are living in his rule. We are living in his dominion, in his kingdom. Glory to God. We're not just saved and waiting to go to heaven. We're willing to go to H. Well, heaven and hell, we'll start with H, right? We are sons of the Most High God. We are in sonship. We have come to the place where we are to actually function as the model functioned. Jesus was placed into sonship in the day that he was introduced to the world in the River Jordan. In that dirty, messy old river, God chose to introduce the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and set him in his sonship. And what did he do? He carried out the will of the Father right to the T. That's sonship. See, it's not your will and it's not my will, it's his will. It's what he has purposed. 
Read Ephesians chapter 1. He purposed something. And it's according to his purpose that we are called. Olivia, take the keyboard. You, the Holy Spirit gave you a song. The Sunday before you got that song, remember I said to you when you were sitting on that chair right over there, I said the supernatural is going to come upon you. Sing it. Sing it. See, we have to release people. I just believe we're going to release. I see Olivia in a prophetic realm of receiving songs that breaks chains, that brings revelation, that brings motivation, uh, that brings vision. And I, I just want to release her in Jesus' name. Uh, Joshua as well. You know, what the Lord told me this morning, what you need to do, you can sing a song to the Lord up there, but this, that's the same thing as writing a song. And God wants you to record what he inspired you to sing. And then put it to music. So people can actually be ministered to by it off a CD. Amen. I can't hear anything. Awesome. 
Isn't that awesome? The gifts in the body of Christ. Thank you, Livy. God the Father sent His pattern Son to become man on earth to do several things. One of them is to leave us a pattern to follow. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. His church is to become who he is. And is able to be led by the Spirit as he was. I'll say that again. His church is to become who he is. And to be led by the Spirit as he was. There's nothing more inspiring for me than to read the Gospels. The life of my model. He left a pattern we are to follow. He left a model lifestyle we are to emulate and demonstrate by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he paid the price for it and released the Holy Spirit to enable it. John 13, 15 says, For I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. And this is when he washed the disciples' feet. Everything Jesus did was a pattern of what we should be like and what we can do and what we should expect. That's vision. Read the Gospels and envision yourself in the story. Following the model of what he achieved. You will never, ever go wrong. Never. When they... Um, just speaking of this piece of paper here, what time is it anyway? I can't see that clock. It's blinding my eyes. It's late. When they would train a student to write, they would write on a papri, and the first thing that the instructor did was he'd draw two lines. And then he'd write something above here, and then the student had to write it, what he wrote exactly in here. And the lines were a guide. And the teacher, at times, would impose his hand on the student's hand and guide the hand several times. And then the teacher would let the student do it by themselves. And that, that was the model. That's how they set the model for writing. And I'm thinking, it's kind of simple. I have give you an example that you should do. In Peter, 
1 Peter 2.21, For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. These are very specific instructions. Amen? They're very in his steps. And I think the greatest challenge that we face today in our lives is this. What am I called to do? Well, read the pattern and follow the model. There are many things that um, one man wrote. He says, uh, the church is not really, you're not subject to the clerical impositions of rules for your salvation in Christianity. We are all subject to the work of the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word. That becomes our life. That becomes our expectation. That becomes our vision. That becomes our call. That becomes that which actually becomes a reality within us. Um, The life of a disciple is so exciting. It really is. What's God's next option for you? When you wake up in the morning, are you expecting to be led? So when the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, actually Mark says he drove him there. <laughs> which speaks of a strong inner pulse of motivation that takes over your life. And what does Jesus do there? He faces all the three temptations that brought sin into the world, and he defeated them by quoting the scripture verses. He never ever did speak to Satan other than quoting a verse. He did speak to legions, but he never ever spoke to Satan. He just quoted a verse, and Satan left. And I think sometimes we talk too much to him. You know why we have to talk to him? Because you really don't know what you believe. Or you believe something really kooky. I have no desire to talk to him or expect anything from him. He owes me nothing. Nothing. Well, what did he steal from me? I don't care what he stole from me. Jesus will restore what he's... God said, I will restore. I'm not expecting the devil to owe me anything. He owes me nothing. And Jesus, led by the Spirit, you have to always pay attention to that. He was led by the Spirit. And if he was led by the Spirit and didn't talk to him, he just quoted a scripture verse, and Satan left. It was over with. And on top of it, he was at his weakest point in his 40-day fast. 
And Satan will always pick your weakest point. But do you know what I say when the law of sin or Satan tempts me or something comes? I just say, you know what, I'm free from that. I could quote him Romans chapter 8. All the law of the spirit of life, because Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You're free. Whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. I don't have to justify my freedom. I just declare it. I'm not trying to gain it. I've already got it. You see, if we don't do that, then we don't really know how to do spiritual warfare. Because all the spiritual warfare that goes on, the devil should have been bound a long time ago and there should be nothing left. Which tells me for the last 30 years I've heard all of it and nothing's changed. Except one thing in my mind. And that is this. He already is defeated. Done. Covenant manifestation must be our reality. And if God has committed himself to your freedom, like he did in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, he called you to be holy, to be set apart for him. He called you to be blameless. He chose you to be blameless. He chose you to be in love. That's his choice. We need no other choice. Amen? That's his choice for you and me. I mean, what a thing to rejoice about. Glory to God. I mean, we ought to be skipping down the street every day. The supernatural is real. The supernatural is real. And we all, as you've seen up here, there's different manifestations when the Holy Spirit comes upon people. So let him come upon you the way he's going to come upon you. Don't try to mimic somebody else. Mimic is not the real. Do you think God's big enough to talk to your heart? Do Do you think he's powerful enough to get your attention? Well, sometimes he may need to use a two by four. But he can do it. And if I submit to it, what I do is this. When I submit to the prophetic words of what Jesus spoke, here's what I do. I come into harmony with the covenant and the Father in the kingdom. You come into harmony with the covenant and the Father. So you want to be in harmony with God? Here's how I stay in harmony with God. When I'm tempted, I'm free. See, that's what covenant says. When I quote the covenant, I come into harmony with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I come into covenant with all that was achieved and paid for and bought and released. See, now, we see that in the sense of our temptation, but can we see that in the sense of our performance? Can we actually see, you know what, the Holy Spirit can do miracles through you. That's what Jesus said. He says, the works that I do, you can do. See, God wants that covenant. 
He wants you to come into agreement. He wants me to come. Come into agreement with his covenant means you come into agreement with the kingdom. You are lining yourself up with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who rules over everything. It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about me and what I can do. It's about him, what he can actually do through me. So tell me, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? What does the Bible say that's in your hand? What does the covenant say? What did, what did the Father say to the Son? What did the Holy Spirit say to say to write in the gospel? What did he say? He says, these hands. If you're a believer, your hands will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That is covenant commitment. Those aren't just frivolous words. That's God's conviction. That's his expectation. That's what he sees. If God is to say, what's in your hand? Well, what do I find out? Well, I just find out by reading the Bible. When he said to Moses, what's in your hand? Well, it's a stick. Activate the stick. So he activated the stick and God activated the stick. So, so how does God see your hands? Do you see your hands the way God sees your hands? Amen? It's actually not very complicated. It's actually quite simple. But he is... This is not just words of a story. This is covenant. He has covenanted with you as to what he expects out of your hands. Amen? He expects the supernatural. Is that our expectation? Do you see the hope of your calling? Are you getting a video? Are you getting a picture? Because God has a picture of your life. He sees your hands. He sees your mouth. He sees your ears. He sees your feet. He sees your heart. He sees. And the greatest desire I have is, God, I just want to see what you see. Where do I find it? I find it in the Word. I don't find it Anywhere else except in his covenant. And somehow or another, as Christians, we've come to be very passive. Because, you know, what, what can I do? Exactly. Jesus says, I can do nothing without him. Jesus says, my father does the work. Isn't that cool? So, when he sees hands, your hands as healing hands, what does he see? He sees hands that he can work through. It's his work. He'll do his work through your hands. He'll do his work through your mouth. He'll do his work through you. What do you see? 
Do you see what he sees in you? That you may know the hope of his calling. That you may see it. That you may have a videotape of the hope of his calling. If you want to see a good video, read the Gospels. If you want to see a video of your life, read the Gospels. Read the model. Amen? Just, just read it, because you'll get a vision. Th- those words are written with vision. They're not just empty words. It's not just, well, it's just a story that happened. No, no. No, it's life. <laughs> it's the supernatural right before our very eyes that we can read and expect and participate in. What time is it? It's time. Pastor says it's time. It's, he says it's, it's time to just go on. And I, and I just want to say this. If you, if, you're, if you are timid or whatever, just learning, God will put his hand on yours and he will, he will teach you how. Amen. Or maybe a mentor can help you. I've helped my kids. I helped them see. At times I would interpret it for them. After that, I says, no, you see. You find out for yourself. They did. But Jesus will come and take your hand. And he will teach you. He's the model. He's the master. He's the teacher. So those of you who are going out on evangelism, be open to learn from the master. Amen. Be open. Be open to learn. A disciple is a learned one. Is one who is constantly learning something. And he will take your hand and he will guide you. And there are times when you'll do the first thing, you'll do one thing for the first time. And the next time you go to do it, you'll question yourself. Believe me. But you obey. Because he'll take your hand. If you make a mistake, he won't let your hand go. You'll say, no, this is the pattern. This is how you do it. This is how I did it. And one of the things that I would encourage you to learn, that he, he actually did so well. He said, I don't say anything except what I hear my father say. He learned to hear. I don't do anything except what I see my father do. He learned to see. Isn't that cool? God wants you to learn to hear, and he wants you to learn to see. What a great life. Amen? Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your mercy and your grace that is sufficient for us. We bless you, Father. We bless you. We bless you. 
for sending us a model who so clearly described and modeled our life. And as you spoke to the Roman church, you said, oh, you're predestined to be conformed to his image. (laughs) Your vision never stopped. In Acts, it just carries on. And so, Lord, your image, we just receive the imposition of the Holy Spirit upon our life, which implants the image of the Son which enables the work of the Son, which enables the manifestation of the covenant that you stand behind and spoke and gave your life for. And we just, we just receive that right now. In Jesus' name, Father, we want this week to be different. We want, we want this week to be a covenant-developing week, a, a, a mentoring from you, a following you, Lord. Hmm. Uh, Brendan and Alicia, I just declare. I, I just declare another child. In the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. God sees the desire of your heart. Father, we just bless you. <laughs> we just bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week in his kingdom. <laughs>